afternoon. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, night, or morning whenever you're hearing this wonderful podcast. My name is Johnny Fuent, and this is Fuent Chat with Johnny Fuent. And by God, do we have a week for you. Oh my God, the amount of news that has come out in the entertainment business is crazy. Video games alone was nuts. And we're going to get straight into it today, starting off with comics. Now, I know you guys have been paying attention to the Thor versus Hulk issues that I've been talking about, and by godly, has things taken an interesting turn. Now, Thor, with not only the power of Odin, but the strength of the Incredible Hulk, combined, is still weaker than the Savage Hulk. I read this, and I just shook my head. The Savage Hulk, who is the weakest iteration of the Hulk, unless he somehow got an upgrade that I wasn't aware of, is somehow stronger than a Hulk outdoor. I don't know at this point. As much as I'm enjoying the story, there are some things that I'm just up in the air about it would have made a lot more sense if this hulk wasn't the savage hulk and he was the hulk from world war hulk honestly would have made it better but i guess you gotta take things in stride because thor lost so easily easily to someone who's mechanically weaker than him (sighs) comics you're frustrating me this week anyway I'm very interested to see how this ends, especially with Tony basically stuck in the middle with no armor to help him, and apparently Odin is going to help him somehow, some way. And basically, I'm like I said, I'm interested to see how it all ends, because this is already going crazy, and I'm all here for it. Continuing with Marvel, and me asking why, oh god, why? Amazing Spider-Man issue 3. Now, while this entire series has been anything but amazing, this issue was actually pretty good. And the story arc, well, but the story arc seems to be moving at a snail's pace. The issue was short, and honestly, that's what I've been feeling with a lot of these issues lately, especially for this series. It just seems short, and it should be a bi-weekly release. I mean, then again, it's just my opinion, but with everything going on, I really feel that maybe a bi-weekly release may help move along the story and us getting to the juicy bits. Well, if there's juicy bits. Anyway, this story is basically... Focusing a lot more on Tombstone. Now, if you don't know about Tombstone, he's actually one of the crime bosses in Spider-Man's plethora of villains. Uh, One to actually rival Kingpin. Not as powerful, but still dangerous. So, basically, it... My word, I cannot speak today. It revolves around Spider-Man having been trapped and chained by Tombstone and is given a beating of a lifetime. And by God, the artwork on this is just magnificent. You can feel every punch because of this artwork. 
And this is all happening because Tombstone was embarrassed and made look weak by Spider-Man in front of the other gangsters. And this was definitely not the best time for this to happen because he's currently in a gang war. Now, while I am enjoying this series, or honestly not enjoying it, just this issue, I gotta say, there was still no Mary Jane or exactly what happened between Mary Jane and uh, Moria from the last issue where she basically captured Mary Jane. And no exact issue or reveal on why Peter alienated himself or did to alienate himself from other heroes and, of course, his Aunt May. Now, I guess they're really wanting to test the waters with how far Spider-Man fans will continue to read Spider-Man, but honestly, stuff like this just makes me want to stop altogether. And I just hope the writer fixes these problems that he created in the first place or just reveals exactly what he wants us to see, his vision, because he must have had a vision. At, after the Spencer run, I'm just curious to see what that vision was and to see if he actually is going to be good on his word to bring it. Because if if everything continues to fall down, especially when it comes to reviews of these comics, he's going to be canned. Well, am I hoping that will happen? No. Would it make something better? Maybe. But still, I'm just hoping for us to see exactly what he wants us to see and what his vision for Spider-Man actually is. As much as I do enjoy a underdog story for Spider-Man, this was not the time to do it, especially after he did and got everything at the end of the last run. Anyway, moving on from Marvel into the den with DC. Now, it has been an extremely busy week for DC. And this recent comic release of Dark Crisis Volume 1, Issue 1, it... I don't know. I honestly don't know what this issue. It's interesting, to say the least, so we're going to get straight into it. So this issue delves into two things. The first thing we'll be talking about is John Kent trying to reform the Justice League after the death of the majority of the members, including his father. Now... I don't know if the writer is trying to anger fans or is trying to show John's inability of a team leader and his nativity. Honestly, it could be both. I can see it, especially with the picks he picked for the new Justice League. He could be the writer could actually be a genius showing us that John is not ready or he could be pulling our leg. I have no idea. Uh, he had some really good choices. Uh, like Shazam, who declined because of Black Adam being on the team. Swamp Thing, who also declined, which doesn't surprise me because he really doesn't do the whole team thing. Vixen, who is needed somewhere else, also declined. And a few others also. Now, a few other people who declined just baffle me because of why they were even considered in the first place. Green Lantern Mullion just baffles me. I get she's a Green Lantern, but I don't get why she was considered when there's so many other Green Lanterns available that have served on the Justice League. 
Uh, two speeder speedsters, Jesse Quick and Kid Flash, Wally West, who is following the Flash, Wally West. I know that gets very confusing. Uh, on his adventures. So I get why he asked them, but why not ask the Flash, Wally West first? I don't know. And Peacemaker, who I absolutely have no idea or how John would even know about Peacemaker or why he would ask Peacemaker. I guarantee the only reason he was even on the list was because of the amazing, and I repeat this, amazing TV show by James Gunn. But honestly, just Peacemaker? Really? I, okay, why not? Now... I'm going to go over the people who said yes. And I'm going to talk about the people that were actually solid picks. Uh, Supergirl, great pick. Booster Gold, he's actually a pretty good pick. Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, and Dr. Light. All of these guys have had some league experience and are actually pretty solid choices on his part. Now, let's talk about the choices that also baffle me. And yes, they are now Justice League members. Harley Quinn. Yeah. For the love of God, why? There are so many heroes more qualified than her. Like, it baffles me. Why Harley Quinn? I get she's popular, but she still has so much blood under her hands. I I I really don't see it. But it happened. It's canon. And she is now a part of the Justice League. Honestly, I'm surprised he didn't ask Donna Troy, Artemis, Rocket, or anybody else. And another person who baffles me. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I didn't even know Frankenstein was an actual character in DC. I know there was a Marvel version of the dude, but I didn't know there was a DC version. And it's just like I I get he's I guess he's underutilized because I've never heard of him before. And I mean, now he's a part of the Justice League, and I have no idea how he got on top of the list. I really don't. I don't know if this writer is trying to pull a James Gunn and just use the most obscure characters that no one uses anymore. But, I mean, if he is, uh, props to him. He's done it. Now people are going to be wondering who the hell this Frankenstein is, but... Okay. And, listen, I don't mind about writers using underrated characters or underutilized characters, but they have to make sense. And I... Frankenstein again I I don't get it anyway uh, Killer Frost is also in the league which is actually interesting because she was a part of the Justice League of America under Batman and of course is a wild car but it's an interesting one and I can see why she was brought onto the team now John also brought his friends in as well like Aqualad Jamie Blue Beetle or Jaime and Damian Wayne. And as much as I do love these characters, I really believe they're way too young to be a part of the Justice League, including John Kent. Heck, I mean, I don't even know if this team is temporary or it's going to something's going to happen because I really don't think this is going to be the permanent team. And I think they should have brought other characters. That would have made sense. John Constantine, 
personally one of my favorite DC characters. Would have made sense since Satana died and they were both in love with each other or lovers. It would have made sense to bring them into the bring him into the Justice League. Icon, who's extremely underrated, who has teamed up with the League before, that would have made sense. Static Shock! Come on, guys, it's not that hard. Static Shock would have been amazing! Seeing him with the Justice League, again, or being a member. Captain Adam, Mr. Terrific, Orin, I mean, so many other characters. Heck, even Black Adam has no confidence on this team. He would have the most experience out of all of them because, of course, of his powers and just because he's also been a part of the Justice League. Heck, he even says that the world needs competent protectors, and he's right. Never have I would have thought that Black Adam would have been right about a Justice League team. But here we are. Here we are. Now, uh, let's talk about the second thing this issue revolves around, and it's actually pretty good. Deathstroke, who we last spoke about, had come back from the dead through the Lazarus Pit, has decided to take the opportunity with the League out of commission to launch an all-out assault against the Titan Academy, a place where basically the Teen Titans are training the next generation of fighters with a bunch of supervillains now attacking them. Now, Slade is a masterful tactician and has planned for a lot of outcomes or would have planned for a bunch of stuff as well. He would have already planned for countermeasures, counterattacks, because he knows the Titan so well since he's fought them on numerous occasions. Now, with the villains, they have actually captured Beast Boy and the issue ends with Slade apparently killing Beast Boy with a gunshot to the head. Now, I really doubt that Beast Boy is dead, although he could be. Honestly, I don't know where this issue is going, but that would actually be kind of interesting. Or one of the Titans have stopped Slade. Now, it will be interesting that Slade has taken the opportunity to attack and... I'm curious to see where this will lead. Where's everything going to happen? Will the new Justice League that John Kent has apparently cooked up come in and try to help? Will they perish? Will a bunch of Titans die? It's actually... I gotta say, first half, not impressed. Second half, very impressed. And I'm very curious and excited to see where they go with this. If they can skip the whole John Kent Justice League thing, I'd be happy and just stick with the whole Slade killing Titans thing again, but we'll see what happens. Now, one thing I want to say is I've gotten a bunch of questions about where would I or where should I start when reading comics, and I understand how confusing it can be. Now, I'm going to mention a few comics uh, that... Honestly, a few comics that would be a great place to start. Uh, for example, uh, Batman. If you want to be caught up with the most recent Batman issues, I would go all the way back to Rebirth issue one, just because if you're going to make sense with anything that's happening, that's the only way to do it. In my opinion, someone may say start with this issue instead, but in my opinion, Batman Rebirth issue one would be the best place to do it in DC. 
And when it comes to Marvel, Spider-Man, Nick Spencer's run would also be a great place to start. Uh, and let's see, X-Men, I would definitely do House of X and Powers of D. Yeah, I get it. Funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, those would be a great place to start this crazy ride and find out what the heck the X-Men have been doing lately. I actually had to ask somebody about that because when it comes to the X-Men comics, it's a bit confusing. And also when it comes to back going back to DC, when it comes to DC, any of the rebirths issue one would make a lot of sense and a good place to start. Uh, when it comes to a lot of the other comic book people, so basically any of the newer comic book runs, I would definitely ask your local comic book store and comic book person because they would have a lot more knowledge than me. It's kind of hard to say where you should start, especially if you don't have beforehand knowledge on anything that's happening. But when it comes to this stuff... Uh, the issues I've already stated would be a great place to start, whether it be for Marvel, DC, and all that stuff. And who knows? Maybe you'll pick up the comic book, buy the issues, buy the volumes, and go for it. Uh, if you're not really having the time to read comics, there is a YouTuber that goes by the Comic Storian that basically reads the comic books aloud and shows you the pages through the YouTube channels, would definitely give him a try, and it may be able to catch you up with a lot of the stuff that's been going on. And he does a good way of explaining it. Now, going back to um, Marvel, I forgot to mention this, but there is actually a new event coming around with Daredevil, where he's actually going to be put in with odds with Captain America, Luke Cage... And Spider-Man. And it's him going up against the Hand. Who I mentioned is now uh, run by Punisher. So we are actually going to get the whole Punisher versus Daredevil. And of course She-Devil or Daredevil Woman or Elektra basically. And it should be interesting to see where it goes. I'm excited for it and I can't wait to see where this wild ride will take us. Especially since the Daredevil comics have been fantastic. And I can't wait to see where this rider takes us on this roller coaster. Anyway, moving on to TV shows. We're going to be talking a little bit more about Netflix. And my golly, have they been having an interesting week. They have announced a whole bunch of shows, and I'm wondering, and I'm curious to see if this is going to help them bounce back from the plethora of scandals or things they've gotten in trouble about. Now, first things first, a cyberpunk anime series, which is interesting in itself because of how badly the game, when it first came out, was panned because of how broken and undone it was, and how they should have... Um, delayed it more because of how glitchy it was especially on the previous generations now the trailer doesn't show much in story but the visuals have piqued my interest and it's going to be very action oriented and i'm gonna say this now it is definitely not for children like i said the trailer has piqued my interest visually and i'm curious to see where it goes and i'm definitely going to be checking it out now one of the most interesting and funny shows out there from the creators of basically Gravity Falls is 
Inside Job Volume 2. And it's going to be coming soon with not an exact date of when it's going to be released. And it's going to be taking off where the last season ended with Rand taking over Cognito Inc. And Reagan, his daughter, and her team needing to stop him and reclaim the company. Now, this show is amazing. It's a bunch of conspiracy theories in cartoon form. And it's actually kind of funny. I actually did enjoy watching the series, having a few good laughs. And it's a good mystery. And not to mention with the creators of Gravity Falls behind it, you know they're going to have a bunch of Easter eggs within the seasons and all that good stuff. Like I said, really great show. Definitely not for kids. Please, to God, do not show your kids this. I get it. Creator of Gravity Falls, again, do not show your kids. Anyway, another show that seems to be interesting is Intergalactic. And this is an animated show that looks like it took inspiration from Spider-Verse with the animation and features a bunch of musical artists and actors, which include Kid Cudi, Keith David, T.Y. Dollar, Jaden Smith, Vanessa Hudgens, and more. And apparently it's a it's named after Kid Cudi's new album set to release. And the trailer actually seems interesting and fun. I am very much a fan of the whole animation style of the Spider-Verse and will be looking forward to watching this. Now, Netflix has also dropped the trailer for their new show, The School of Good and Evil. And it's about a school... Go figure. (laughs) And that trains you to either be the greatest hero in a fairy tale or the villain. Now, this is going to be based on a book series that I've never read, never even heard of. Don't shoot me. Uh, And it looks interesting, to say the least. And you know what? I might give it a try. Why not? I may be bored one day and give it a try. Love it. Hate it. I don't know. We'll see if it even survives season one because you know how Netflix is. Anyway, continuing on this Netflix train, we're talking about Resident Evil and how the series actually looks interesting. Now, I am very cautious of anything Resident Evil that isn't a video game. Thank God for that. Uh, Because of how disappointing some of the stuff can be. Now, the trailer seems to be taking the show in an interesting area. It's going to be kind of split between going back and forth within time to when the virus first started to infect people in Raccoon City and where basically has taken over the world. Now, I have a problem with that. And just because it seems like the writers do not understand the series of Resident Evil because they're already showing the world infected. And if you played any of the Resident Evil games at all, you would know Resident Evil has never been about the entire world being infected. Just small, isolated, contained places, which make the story better, and it just makes for better gameplay. And that's what I was hoping for this. But you know what? Who knows? Maybe this will prove to be an amazing story, or maybe not. Honestly, it's Netflix, and it's Resident Evil. But, you know, I have hope. And that's all we can have. And the trailer shows that it might provide some decent entertainment. Now, I get why there's some controversy around the show already. Because we're introducing new characters and their Wesker's kids. And none of the original characters from the games are coming black. And 
I already know that a lot of controversy was made around Wesker being made black. And you know what? I get why people would be mad that they kind of switched his race and said, oh, now he's black and stuff like that. Instead of having him uh, as a white guy with glasses and blonde hair. But honestly, with the actor playing him, Lance Reddick, I actually don't have a problem with it. He is an amazing actor and he's going to bring some justice to the role because he can play crazy. Heck, he can play serious or he can play goofy. Lance Reddick has range. So I'm excited to see where he takes this. Now, one thing I want to mention is the monsters from the first game is coming to the series. And from the looks from the trailer, they actually look pretty good. Graphics-wise, they seem good, and from their movements. Now, then again, from what we see in the trailer, could be different from what we see from the show. But honestly, what I really want from the Resident Evil franchise is for it to be given justice in the form of a TV series or a movie series. And we're going to see where this lies with this Netflix series. Hopefully it's not canceled by season one because that would really suck, but who knows. Now, moving on, Sandman trailer dropped. And I'm excited to see this book series come to life. Now, of course, I'm very cautious because when it comes to books to TV shows or movies, they can easily mess it up. But I know that the Sandman series has a big fan base behind it. And from the trailer, it looks like they're coming to play. So I'll be excited to see that series when it drops. Moving on, we're going to be talking about the teaser for Wednesday. A show with Jenna Ortega and Tim Burton dropped. And it kind of looks really good. I mean, of course, it isn't a full trailer. We still have to wait for that. And it doesn't really give much of the plot. But Jenna Ortega looks amazing as Wednesday Adams. So with her and Tim Burton, I'm here for it. Now, we're going to also talk about Zero Horizon Dawn, the TV series we mentioned before on the previous episode. We have actually gotten more details about what the show is going to be about, and I'm actually very excited for this. So this will actually be a prequel series about the Fall Society, taking place hundreds of years before the first game. And it's going to be good because there is limited information we have about the era i mean sure we get some of the lore from the video game but to have a tv series take place back then to see everything unpacked it's going to be fun and we already know it's going to be an action-packed adventure that's going to be thrilling as well but it's also going to be heartbreaking because we know where this story ends we know what happens and just seeing everything that's gonna conspire to get to that point, it's it's going to be heart-wrenching. And I'm here for it. I really feel like this is going to be an amazing series. And uh, I just can't wait. Horizon Zero Dawn is one of my favorite series. And for them to do a prequel series, again, I'm really happy. Speaking of which, I have actually watched the newest series coming to Disney Plus, Miss Marvel. 
And I was actually very surprised of how charming the show was, especially with the family dynamic they have. The characters are very likable. I mean, of course, they started the first episode as slow because we're still getting to having to introduce the characters, getting to know their um, personalities and all that stuff. But it seems like it would definitely get better. And I actually predict... And go figure if you watch the first episode that the best friend will confess that he has a crush on the main character. I get it's that's a cliche, but it's a good one, honestly. But it's really cool how they made the main character relatable, especially for us uh, obsessive fans. Or I mean, I'm not really calling myself obsessive, but those fans who love superheroes. And it's really great that we can relate to a character. And I get that a lot of people have a problem of why they changed her powers in origin since in the comic she's basically an inhuman and since they haven't really introduced inhumans into the MCU yet canically they have to make some changes and I'm looking forward to see where the series goes and how well they're gonna make the character great because we already know she's gonna show up in Marvel's Yeah, not really much of a creative name there with uh, the other two Captain Marvel characters. I forget what her name is, but she goes by the hero name Spectrum. Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel going to be in theaters next year. And you know what? I'm excited for it. I'm just really hoping they make Captain Marvel's character likable. For the love of God, please make her character likable. Anyway, I honestly give this episode a 7 out of 10. It was a good one, and anyone who likes Miss Marvel will be pleasantly surprised. Anyway, we're going to be talking about another Disney Plus TV show, one that I've been paying close attention to, and we're going to be talking about episode three, a spoiler review. Now, if you have not, for some reason, watched Obi-Wan the series, please skip this section. Please skip this section so I don't get an angry email about me saying, Hey, how come you didn't tell me this was going to be a spoiler review? Well, here I am telling you now. Skip ahead about maybe two, three minutes, and you won't hear any spoilers about episode three that came out last week. Now, I gotta say, I'm loving how dark and gritty this episode was. Oh my god. It just shows how truly different the universe is. And I'm liking it. I mean, the fact that they implemented that there were those that liked the Empire, despite the bad they were doing, especially on their own home planet, like the driver who had the Empire flag. He was just a regular person who liked the Empire and seemed to be treated well by them. And it was epic to see... It was not epic, but it was interesting to see that dynamic because you really don't think about those who didn't have a problem with the Empire, who actually appreciated uh, them being around. And it was a nice change of pace to see the other side, even for a brief moment. Now, I got to say, the one thing I did also enjoy about the show was how epic the scenes were, especially that gunshot battle with Obi-Wan uh, shooting the clone, oh, not clone, oh my god, stormtroopers, my god, they do not deserve to be called clone troopers, stormtroopers, oh my god, and that dude who got cut in half by the laser gate, I will say I was disappointed that he didn't use his lightsaber, but for someone who hasn't fought in 10 years, he is an excellent shot, anyway, 
Uh, when they were taken to that bunker place uh, where they were planning their escape, and he was looking at all the names of the Force wielders and Jedi, I was actually looking for Cal Kestis when they were talking about how many Jedi have escaped thanks to the Rebels. And sadly, I was disappointed that I didn't see his name, but I think that would have been too easy. Now, one thing I also liked about the show was the brutality of Darth Vader. I wasn't expecting him to be, like, in the episode the way he was. And I loved it. Him killing people to draw Obi-Wan out. My God. Snapping somebody's neck. Dragging them against their will by the Force was just amazing. And the fight between them. Former Master versus Padawan. It was just in awe. Because you can see the self-doubt written on Obi-Wan's face. And you could tell he was rusty. I mean, Vader at this point was hunting, killing Jedi Masters. While Obi-Wan was in the desert, training and watching over Luke. And just to see Obi-Wan afraid, tortured because of what happened to Anakin, who is now Vader. It was just amazing. And the way Vader tortured him... By just mocking him and making him burn through the flames. Wow. Honestly, wow. And I get a lot of people were like, wait a minute. How did, uh, why did Vader uh, let Anakin, not Anakin, Obi-Wan escape? And I'm there like, it makes sense for Vader to let him escape. Because what makes... So basically think of it like a predator hunting its prey, especially for something that likes to play with its food. By letting him escape, it will make sure that he is on his mind, that the scars that he has will remind him of Vader. So when Vader truly comes for him for the last time, he experiences fear, suffering like never before, which is why I say that he... It's one of the reasons why he let him go. And honestly, one thing I am not liking about this episode or the series so far is the Inquisitor sister. My God, I really want her to die. Vader, snap her neck. It'll be easy. We don't see her in any lore. I'm just waiting for the next two episodes. I've already watched episode four and I'll be doing a spoiler review next week. And... uh, That one wasn't that good. But anyway, this episode, I'm going to give a 9 out of 10. And I am very excited to see where everything leads. Now, moving on from Disney and hopping back on Netflix, a new announcement was made today of a new Castlevania show called Nocturne, which is going to be a spinoff series taking place many, many, many years, probably a good century or two, Later from the original series and it's going to follow the legendary vampire hunter Richter Belmont. And if you played any of the Castlevania games or Super Smash Brothers, you would know he is one of the most popular characters in the series. And considering that the first Castlevania series was amazing, I'm looking forward to this. And I need to stress this out clearly, not for kids. Please don't let your kids watch Castlevania. You'll be answering so many questions, it's not even going to be funny. Anyway, 
jumping onto Amazon, we're going to be talking about The Boys. Now, season three has already aired, and probably by the time you've watched this, we're already well into episode five, or, I mean, today's date is 6-11-22, so we've already gotten to episode four, but right now we're going to talk about the three episodes that have released so far before in a spoiler review. Again, please skip. I'm giving you the warning now. Anyway, now, it's amazing to see how the dynamic has changed for the boys from what they were in this first episode. Butcher and the rest of the gang now are on the government's payroll. Butcher is struggling to stay on the straight and narrow, especially with his wife's kid needing him, protecting him, and looking after. Huey and Starlight are still going strong, and Huey is liking the fact that he is on the straight and narrow and working for the government. He feels like he's doing something that actually matters. And of course, that doesn't last long. And this all changes when the episode goes on, and it reveals that Victoria is the head popper who's been killing multiple members of Congress. And to actually to much of Huey's shock. Uh, when it comes to episode two, they start to see Homelander lose more and more control of himself. And Huey confess, confesses to Butcher that about Victoria, who doesn't uh, know that Huey knows. And with this, it's going to be crazy because if Victoria knows, she can basically head pop him and he dies. That's how simple this is. And, of course, Butcher makes fun of him for not knowing that for the past year he's been working for a soup and didn't notice. Now, with the gang basically back together, they're on a hunt to kill Homelander. And Maeve gives uh, Butcher temporary V that will give him superpowers for 24 hours. And leads him down a chase to find out what actually happened to Soldier Boy. uh, And basically about how he actually died. In the episode, I believe this will be episode three, they actually learn that Soldier Boy was apparently killed by the Russians in a military operation where Vought actually had attempted to get them into military operation and get Soups basically a part of the military, which obviously they failed because this takes place Uh, In the 80s or 90s where they're still in present day trying to do the same thing. Now, of course, nothing is really said about how Soldier Boy was killed. But it basically points them in the right direction on where they have to look. Which is basically Russia. And basically they're going to have to talk to somebody called Nina who is someone not to be trifled with. And when it comes to Homelander, he goes on a rant on his birthday stream and claims that him and Starlight are now in love and the Deep is returning to the team and he go and the rant he goes on where he basically just tells everybody off and says that someone's pulling the strings from the background and that everyone should listen to him and his approval rating actually goes up after this and just seeing Homelander finally show his true colors into the public and everybody liking it is kind of scary in itself 
But what really makes things interesting is the dynamic of the team. Because of, I mean, the boys' team. Because in the comics, the boys use all of them, temporary V, to get on even ground with the soups. And when it comes to everyone else to see who lives and who dies... It's going to be interesting because they've already uh, moved away from some of the comic uh, at this point. So I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see how Homelander goes in this whole crazy direction, especially with already episode four being aired. And I'm excited to see what episode five, six, seven and eight has in store for us because it's already a wild ride and it's only going to get crazier. Anyway, uh, one thing I also want to mention is Loki Season 2 has started filming. If any of you guys were a fan of Season 1, you're going to love this season. And it's going to be an interesting season. Considering how at where we last left Loki, he was in another universe. And I wonder if other heroes are going to cameo. Because the whole multiverse thing becoming the mainstay of the MCU, especially with the recent Doctor Strange movie, where we're seeing different versions of each character. And moving to the movie section, we got a bunch of great trailers that were released this week, including a full trailer of Prey. And my God, does it look amazing. I mean, oh my God, it's taking the seriousness of the series back, especially with how the last Predator movie went, and the design of the Predator, it just looks really cool, the mask looks different, he has a whole new set of toys, including a shield, now I want to mention that this is a prequel movie, going back a few centuries, so he's not gonna have the same toys that he once had before, and it makes sense, I mean, heck, if we go back a few centuries, we're not gonna have air conditioning, we're not gonna have uh, these weapons that we have now, so it kind of makes sense, and it's truly to tell what exactly he has, because he already has invisibility, that's already a given, so it's gonna be interesting to see what new weapons, or technically old weapons, they used to have, and what weapons has always been their mainstay and I'm here for it oh my god this trailer just made just made me want to see this movie even more and I'm kind of sad that it's going to Hulu and not theaters but oh just seeing all of them attack him him just destroying the Native Americans because he can just take out a bear in an instant and the guns they had they're not going to work. They're going to have to go full on traps because arrows aren't really going to hurt this thing. And bullets from way back then, I I don't see them hurting it. And not to mention, since this takes place in the 1700s, uh, to fire a second round, they're going to have to put, what, gunpowder in there. It's just going to take a lot. And I cannot wait to see how this movie goes. Uh, moving on. I want to say that this has been also a big week for DC in the movie department, especially with their announcements this week. And one of the first things that was announced, to my surprise and joy, was a Joker sequel with the director and writer Todd Phillips returning and the actor uh, Jacqueline Phoenix set to reprise his role as the Joker. Now, when it came to Phoenix's Joker, I loved it. Uh, He brought a unique take on the character, so much so than uh, the last person who played the Joker, 
<coughs> uh, Jared Leto. Uh, anyway, he brought such a great take on him and he won an Oscar for his performance. So it's going to be wild to see what he brings next, especially with the sequel going to be having so much hype around it. Now, the sequel is named Joker. And I apologize for this uh, mispronunciation of what I think is French. Follet et Dux. And Follet et Dux means a delusion or mental illness shared by two people in close association. Which means that either we're getting Harley Quinn, which would make sense. Maybe someone who is in similar mindset as the Joker, someone who is older, like a father figure played by William Defoe, which honestly is something everyone wants to see him just going crazy and having a movie to play around with. Or maybe even Bruce, who starts to go down the dark path of Batman after seeing his parents killed at the end of the original film, The Joker, which would be interesting since both him and the Joker are inseparable and have such a unique relationship in the comics and most of the mediums when it comes to his stories. So to see that in the movie would definitely take things up a tick. Now, another thing that was released by DC was the Black Adam trailer. And it looks fantastic because it truly truly captures Black Adam's superiority complex and how complex the character really is with his own brand of justice. He is an anti-hero from the looks of this trailer and basically kills uh, villains instead of capturing them. And apparently the JLA will come into play with Dr. Fate, Hawkeye, Adam Smasher, and others. And this takes place in modern day, modern world, and it probably is going to take place in another universe because the JLA isn't a part of the DCU from what we've seen and hasn't been mentioned in any other DC film at all. So my guess is that it's not even part of the DCU and we're going to see exactly where this film takes us. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see this film. Especially with The Rock bringing such a fantastic energy to the role. From what I've seen to the trailer. Moving on, we actually got a teaser for an upcoming PG. And yes, I said PG rated monsters film by Rob Zombie. Which is surprising. Because it's Rob freaking Zombie. His movies are bloody. His movies are known for just gore, bodies, and it's PG. And from what I've read from the interviews, he's just a big Monsters fan. So it's going to be great to see his take on it, especially since he's going to bring the heart and soul of it for being an original fan from when the TV show was around back in the 50s and 60s. And I'm excited to see what looks to be his first PG-rated film. And I'm hoping he does bring justice to this series. And who knows, maybe it'll turn into a movie series with other characters being brought on from the show. I personally never seen the show. Uh, maybe an episode or two. I know my friends are going to make fun of me later for that. But anyway, I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, another movie that's coming out is Jordan Peele's newest movie, Nope, which is coming out soon. And I'm actually looking forward to that because okay i've never seen get out 
I'm just going to say that now. I know I got to see it, but I'm planning on it. But I've seen Us, and that was really good. So I'm expecting the unexpected and looking forward to this film. Now, moving on to the biggest section, the video game section, especially for this week. And by golly, has it been a huge week with so many announcements. It just drove me crazy of how long I had to wait to even start writing this because of how many stuff that was released. Now, I'm not going to mention everything that was released. I'm going to just mention the most interesting trailers and what I think is actually going to be a good game to look out for. One of those we're going to be starting off with is the new Modern Warfare 2 game and how it's going to be dropping this later this year and how amazing it looked, especially with the trailer that dropped. They already announced that there's not going to be a zombies mode, which there shouldn't be since it's a Modern Warfare game. And they released the gameplay of it and it looks smooth. Their graphics look amazing and it just... It makes me excited, and this is going to be the first time in a couple years I'm, I'm actually excited for a new Call of Duty game. And I'm just hoping they kind of bring old modes back, like Sticks and Stones, Gun Games, and more. And I'm just, I'm just hoping that this turns out to be good. Because, honestly, with how Battlefield 2042 dropped harder on the floor and just just cracked down on how bad it was we need a win especially in the first person shooter because like i said i didn't bother with vanguard and i'm not going to because i'm just it just didn't look like a good game but anyway i'm hoping that modern warfare 2 definitely uh pumps it up a bit and we get a great game now, another one that was introduced through trailer, and it looks a lot of fun, is the Among Us VR game. And, oh my god, I haven't played Among Us in a little bit, but if I had the money to buy a VR headset, I would definitely do that. Because the trailer looked cool. Uh, ha- hand movements is going to be a big part of it. And if you are someone who gets nervous and start playing with your hands a bit, they're going to notice uh, they're going to notice head movements as well, which kind of puts a n- whole new spin on this uh, game. And it's going to be cool trying to figure out who's the killer. And everything is going to be in first person. So you're not going to have a bird's eye view anymore. So you're really going to have to see who killed somebody and who you actually hear because you're not going to be able you're not going to be able to hear everybody only someone who's close so you're going to have to be very distinct on who you hear and i think it's a smart direction for the series to go especially since it's already fun and with vr being a big hit with a lot of series going to it it looks like it's going to be a fun ride especially for the among us crowd Anyway, uh, moving on, we're going to be talking about the gameplay for the Callisto Protocol. I know I mentioned it before with the trailer being released last uh, week, actually. But the gameplay trailer came out and it looks fun. It looks basically, like I said before, like Dead Space. And I'm here for it. I love the Dead Space games. Uh, it's And the combat seems really fun and really similar to Dead Space. And with the potential jump scares... Oh, I'm super excited. I really want to play this game. And it's coming around around Christmas for some reason. Could have been Halloween, but you know what? I never doubt perfection. So here we go. Hopefully to a great game. 
Another announcement that was made is a new alien game called Aliens Dark Descent. Now, this is going to be a squad-based action game that's going to be done in real time. And what makes this unique is that death is permanent. So if someone on your squad dies, they're going to stay dead. So you're going to have to customize, upgrade your squad, make sure they're following commands, and also changing tactics. And what is actually going to make this even more exciting is that the aliens apparently are going to adapt and learn your style and change throughout the game, which is actually impressive. Because if it's done as well as it was from Alien Isolation... Oh, it's going to be the ultimate chess match between you and the AI. And since you're able to shoot back, oh, this is, I can, I can only imagine the situations you're going to be put into, especially with aliens that can actually learn. Ooh, I'm just hoping it's going to be great like Alien Isolation, or it's going to go down the drain like Alien Colonial Marines. Could go both ways, could be stuck in the middle. Who knows? Only time will tell, and I'm excited for this game. Moving on to any of your Street Fighter fans, uh, they actually released a uh, character reveal trailer with Guile, and he's coming back for another round. Now, I'm actually curious to see what other characters they're announcing for this game, because you'd figure they would stop with the character reveals, but if they're going this route, they may leave out a couple characters for DLC purposes or anything like that. Now, this is either going to make a lot of Street Fighter fans happy or disappointed, depending on what characters they pick. Again, I'm kind of in the middle when it comes to Street Fighter games. I like them. I'll play them in the arcade, but we'll see where this one goes. Anyway, moving on, we're going to be talking about a little game called Routine, which is a futuristic first-person horror game. And the trailer, while short... It just takes you with the graphics, especially with that killer ending. Oh my god, that actually kind of scared me for a minute. Anyway, it looks like a fun game, and I am for it. Now, another game in the horror aspect is Fort Solace, which is a narrative-focused third-person horror game. Now, the trailer was okay, but the voice actors, I'm kind of surprised about this one. It has Troy Baker... Roger Clark and Julia Brown. So, I mean, while the trailer really needs some work to definitely hook us in, uh, the voice actors alone has me curious. And I am definitely going to wait to see for a better trailer. Uh, another game that has come out is something called Witchfire, which is a fantasy first person shooter. And the gameplay about it really reminded me of Doom, especially of how fast pace it looked. Oh, it looks like a fun ride. The graphics, the environment looks clean. And if it's really anything like Doom from what the trailer has shown us, it's going to be super fun, especially with magic in the mix. Oh my god, I can't tell you how many hours I spent playing Doom, killing those demons, and just having a wild ride. So again, if this is anything like Doom, I'm here for it. Another game that has been announced is uh, Stormgate. And this is a new game coming out in 2023. And what makes this very interesting is, while, of course, the trailer didn't really reveal much, it's actually developed by Frost Giant Games. And if you've never heard of them, I don't blame you. But this is a company with former ex-Blizzard devs. 
And these are the devs that actually worked on StarCraft games. So it will be interesting to see whether this game is good or bad. Depending on which devs or if these devs played a significant role in making StarCraft games great. But who knows? Uh, With StarCraft under their belt, it definitely piques my interest. And I'll definitely wait to see what the gameplay holds in store for us. But yeah, I mean, StarCraft is a pretty solid game, especially series-wise. And if these guys work to make it a great game, I'm curious to see what they do for Stormgate. Moving on, uh, a game which I wasn't expecting at all. I mean, (laughs) just talking about it brings me joy. Um, Goat Simulator 3. That's right. Goat Simulator is back. And the trailer already looks fun. And it I don't know. It just brings a smile on my face to see the series just coming back for another round. Because, I mean, 2 was funny. 2 was amazing. And i just really curious to see what 3 is going to throw at us. And I can't wait for the situations, the jokes, the call your friends and say, Hey, look what you can do to make your goat even funnier. That's a fun game and I can't wait for it. Another game is a a Warhammer game, go figure, uh, revealed called Warhammer 40k Darktide, and it actually looks good. Now, I have never really gotten into Warhammer games, and if you've never heard of the series, they have a lot of games, indie games, AAA games, and it's just crazy. Because Warhammer games... It's like they have two modes or two different timelines because they can range between futuristic to medieval fantasy. And I say this because one of my friends actually plays a Warhammer game and they have elves, dwarves, trolls, and this one looks like high fantasy with robots. Again, it's weird. And I actually was curious one time and you know, I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and go on a YouTube video and check out the lore. And uh, once I saw that part one was eight hours, I was like, yeah, probably not. And just to be, just to clarify, this was on the futuristic end, not the fantasy end. That thing had so many parts to it. I'm there like, nope, I have too much uh, junk in my brain. I'm not even going to bother adding this all in because it's just going to go in one ear out the other. But it should be interesting, and uh, to all your to all you guys who are Warhammer fans, I hope it's a good game. I really do, because you guys definitely deserve a great game. Now, speaking of fans, I am a huge fan of Last of Us, and through a leak and now a reveal trailer, we have gotten which is a what is essentially a remake of the game. And I I don't know, I'm at odds here, because this is like the second remake of the game in the past two to three years. And they redubbed this, because I think it was going to be called uh, Last of Us uh, Remastered, or Rebooted, or something. But they basically uh, named it The Last of Us Part 1. And from the graphics and the trailers, it looks amazing. It really does look amazing with the updated graphics because they basically built the game from the ground up for the PS5. And again, I'm a huge fan of the series. And while the second game was really good, 
and I had fun. I was torn because I really, really disagreed with letting Abby live like many others. And I understand why they told the story the way they did, even if I still really wanted Abby to die. But it was for the story to show that not everybody was a good guy. That everybody in the eyes of somebody else was the villain. Anyway, getting back to the remake, I just, I get why they're uh, doing this again. Because uh, this is actually going to be a PC port. But it would have made sense for them just to turn the other remake they did, not even two, three years ago, into a PC port. And asking for $70? I, I don't know, this seems like a cash grab. And like I said, they just remade it. There's nothing that says, hey, this is going to add this story play or this story play or anything at all for that matter. So, I mean, for those of you who already have the game, I don't see the justification for you spending $70 for another, basically another remake that you already have access to. If you haven't owned a PS3 four or five and really want to play the last of us go grab it i mean honestly you're in for a treat and since they upgraded everything this is going to be a great game to uh delve into the whole hype that is the last of us and like i said for me personally i don't think i'm gonna get this just because i played the first game already i actually played the heck out of the first game already and I just, there's nothing new to the table that makes me want to say, hey, I really want to get it. Because, honestly, uh, they're already working on a standalone multiplayer game. And I'm waiting for that until they announce part three. Then I'm going to be super hyped, super disappointed, or somewhere in the middle, depending on who we're actually following. Because if it's Abby, I mean, I'm not going to threaten to not play the game. I'm going to play the game. I'm just going to be mad about it. Yep. Yep. Just mad and playing. That should be fun. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm uh, moving on. Uh, another game that's kind of interesting. Actually, not kind of interesting. This is actually really good interesting. Is Choo Choo Charles. Yep. Choo Choo Charles. I'm going to explain why that actually is a lot more interesting than what it seems. It's actually a Stephen King story. A children's book. And where. They made a game off of it where you battle an evil train on an island. Now, this train is nightmare fuel and is exactly what you want to be afraid of. Uh, the train can grow spider legs and chase you throughout the entire island. And while you're protected in your own train, you have to eventually leave it to scour the island to look for any tools and anything you can use to kill Charlie or Charles. And this seems like an interesting concept in Scary 2 because it, it Charlie really looks like Nightmare Fuel, especially if you've seen the gameplay where he's just running after you. And some of the things you have to find is deep within the island away from the safety of your train. And not to mention you have cultists because why wouldn't you have cultists? Also wanting to hunt you down, shoot you with their shotgun and feed you to Charlie. So, again, this actually looks like a great game. I've already heard updates before they released the trailer. So, I'm excited, and I'm actually going to play it. I'm actually going to have fun. And I'm actually going to scream while Charlie chases me. Yay! 
<laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, uh, they actually announced a new DLC for Alien Fire Team, and this is going to be called Pathogen. And this uh, DLC is going to come with a new campaign, a new alien type, uh, new hard modes, artwork, and other stuff. And if you haven't played Alien Fire Team, it's actually a pretty fun game. It can be frustrating at times because if you don't have the right party or the right friends to play with, it's definitely going to get on your nerves. But again, a great game, and I definitely recommend it. And lastly, for the video game section, we have... Lord of the Rings, uh, newest entry, of course, called Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. And the reveal trailer did not reveal much. It was a great short trailer, but it did mention that it's going to be a crafting survival game. Whatever that means. Uh, I'm excited for it because it's been a while since we've gotten a Lord of the Rings game. And I'm hoping this is multiplayer because I would really like to play with friends and hunt, kill, or do whatever a crafting survival game does. I mean, if it's another Minecraft-esque game, I'm here still for it because it's Lord of the Rings. But here's to uh, it, hoping it be good, and it's going to be available at Epic Games. So it's a EA game. Is it EA or Ubisoft? I'm actually going to have to think about that for a minute. Okay. Anyway, that's it for the video game section, and we're going to go ahead and move on to current events. Yay! Now, uh, if any of you guys have noticed, gas prices are going up. And my god. <laughs> I think it's actually going to be cheaper to like hijack a horse or something, because it's already $5 in my area. And god help the people of California, $10. God speed with y'all. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know if you guys just stick a solar panel on top of your car and just drive. But it's crazy. And it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, especially with the midterm elections coming around, what the politicians promise to do to get these prices down. And with the prices up the way they are and midterms coming up, it could be a good thing or a bad thing to use in a debate. It usually depends on who's running the show now. And I'm not going to go into that because uh, this isn't a political show. So I'll just leave it at that and you can basically infer what I mean. Anyway, moving on. Uh, if you guys don't know, tomorrow... On Sunday, June 12th, they're actually going to have a Bethesda and Xbox announcement for new games coming from all the Bethesda studios. Now, you guys already heard my video game section and already know that I haven't talked about it because I haven't seen it yet. But that's going to be talked about in the next episode. So if you say, hey, wait, what about the Xbox announcements that they announced? So with this trailer or that, it's because uh, this episode hasn't seen it yet we're going to be talking about it in the next episode anyway that's it for current events and that's it for this episode of went chat with johnny fuent thank you guys for listening please tell your friends about the show have them subscribe have them listen and just tell me how you like the show all right guys have a good evening uh goodbye and see you later hope you guys have a blessed day